Welcome to another edition of El Police Radio Podcast Number Nine, and I'm your host Alpha Mike. This show is going to be extremely enjoyable because today we have Mike the Cop on the show. Mike the Cop, the guy that makes you laugh in social media, dressed up as a cop, and if you're in the business and you're on social media. Believe it or not, there's some cops that don't even have an iPhone. It's true. I've seen it. And they don't even know that social media exists, but we're not going to tell them anything. We're going to keep it nice and quiet. It's a little secret between us. But there's a lot of others that do know, and they have enjoyed the content that Mike the Cop has put out there. So he's coming on the show to kind of give us a little briefing on why he does what he does, and all the wonderful things that he's associated with. And I know you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Humor. How important is humor on the everyday, day-by-day monotony of a law enforcement officer? You know, once you put on the uniform and you go to work, you learn very quickly as a rookie, that as soon as you make your first mistake, you will not live that down for several days, weeks, months, or years. Nicknames might even be formulated with your mistake. And that's a part of the sense of humor that law enforcement has. It carries through its day a lot of what it's seeing, the sadness it's seeing, the horrors it's dealing with, and it transfers all that into humor. And that humor carries officers on a day-by-day. So we wanted to uh, reach out to Mike. We did. We've been going uh, back and forth for several months on this engagement uh, he is extremely busy. He's got a lot on his plate, and you'll you'll shortly find out when we bring him on. But a lot of the good work that he's doing is uh, for charity, so we definitely are looking forward to that. There's a lot of sadness that you see in the news. If you're still out there and you're still a believer in news outlets. Uh, trying to inform you positively of something, I have something to tell you. The truth is, they're just going to make you a lot more depressed. And when you see these horrifying stories on police officers getting shot in the line of duty, we're reaching an epidemic proportion in this country that you say, when is it going to stop? They're getting shot down for no reason at all, for somebody's uh, agenda. There's an agenda out there. This is just not coincidentally some officer getting randomly shot. Shootings are way up and killing law enforcement officers. And you have to really, really say enough is enough. 
But while we deal with these tragedies, we need to really focus on the families that are affected when a law enforcement officer died, you know, the loved ones they leave behind, and how you can help them. So this show is going to enrich you in a lot of, of those ideas and hopefully spark a flame in you that you want to go ahead and, and help out as much as you can. Um, we have our shows coming up. We just do some shameless plugs here. You want to listen to our show. Okay, how the hell do you start? Where do you start? You start at Google. You type in L, capital L, like in Lima, lpoliceradio.com, and we pop up. And there, that'll take you to iTunes, Stitcher, this, that, and the other thing, or YouTube and everything else that's out there, all the other platforms. And uh, you connect with us. Once you connect with us, you can become part of our community. And on Facebook, we're there too, El Police Radio on Facebook. Um, on Twitter, El Police Radio, I, I believe there's... Uh, two accounts and you can reach out to me alpha mike alpha mike what is it it's called a handle <laughs> i just learned that the other day handle on the twitter alpha mike 2017 so you can uh, send me fun little notes there that um i'm sure will uplift me and once you connect with us well then you're a part of our audience you're part of our group and we'll tackle things together. What is what is the outcome of this program? What is the purpose of this program? To educate people on law enforcement from making them human beings. That's the most important thing. What did, how do you become a police officer? What, how do you become a correction officer? How do you become a, a, a federal agent? I don't want to get on with the story with the FBI. What in the, what in the world's going on over there? Does anybody tell the freaking truth? Who the hell's in charge anyway? Anyway, that's another story. We'll, we'll, we'll be back in a minute with that one. And how the agency becomes accredited, how the agency deals on a day-by-day basis. How do they open up their door for business? And a lot of people are misguided. You know, they believe that a police officer or they do is drive around in circles and give tickets. And a correctional officer is a mindless job. And uh, I guess today a federal agent is a spy for the Russian government. I don't know. But there's a lot that goes into it. And on this podcast, El Police Radio, you'll learn all aspects of law enforcement. Our show's coming up uh, November 23rd is You're Done. And those segments, that show is about a retired life. Once you've been active for so many years the struggle the struggle is real what in the world is the struggle putting on your gun belt at six in the morning or four in the morning or five in the morning uh, trying trying to take it off when you have an emergency bathroom run okay and putting on a uniform and going to work every day and going through those struggles so we're uh, that platform, now, we're changing it from that your daily business to there's nothing there for you. 
Your head is full of knowledge. I know everything. I was there for Epton years. And all of a sudden, you become an outdated vehicle that nobody really cares. And, and we're going to look at the psychological effects, the emotional effects, and how to continue going forward. And there's a lot of struggles. And looking at, uh, on a serious note, looking at the suicide rate for police officers between 125 and 150 a year, which has gone down, but still an alarming rate. And the majority of them are, were active, not necessarily retired, but they are some that are retired. So how do you attack a suicide in that community? You attack it at all levels. Well, retired, active, at all levels, at all aspects of law enforcement, not just uh, one. So um, we're going to be looking at, in those segments, you're done and how you deal with the life after law enforcement. You know, everybody knows. You had a uniform waiting online. Well, what in the world is this? Is this a bill without a discount? You know. Continuing going forward, now all of a sudden as a civilian. A piece of tin in your pocket says retired. Does it have any merit? And does it really mean anything to anybody? And we'll look at those things on the segment you're done. As you know, there's a big effort now on banning weapons. The banning of from rifles to 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 semi-automatics, to whatever they can come up with. And our friends on the left didn't waste any time never to allow a tragedy to go undone. They've already presented legislation to ban assault weapons, what they call assault weapons, which is actually a, a rifle. And um, we'll see how that works. We'll see how that works out for them when it's election time. Americans, in my personal opinion, don't want to disarm. They want to arm. You know, it's, it's funny when it comes from a, 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 an individual of a liberal, liberal mindset, and they're standing at a podium and they're telling you how guns kill people, which I've never seen a gun kill a person. I've seen a person kill a person, but not a gun kill a person. And then they have armed security that protect them. Hmm. Isn't it strange how our friends on the left want to control and take away our guns, but they've armed Iran with the ability of a nuclear weapon? Extraordinary. It's extraordinary how they come out more and more to attack what the founding fathers of this country have built. Recently, all of a sudden, the national anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance is discriminatory. What the hell are we doing? What kind of nation are we turning into? When you destroy who you are, you become nothing. And that's what we're doing. We're destroying this nation. We're allowing these fools in government to dictate how we should live. Fools, because they've not done anything. 
Look at their records, the majority of 30, 40 plus years in Congress and in the Senate. All they freaking did was go to school, get a law degree, and then become a pain in everybody's rear end. That's all they did. Masters of nothing. Masters of manipulation, maybe. So lobbyists come, they sit down, they explain to them uh, some so-called bill that's on the floor. And then these idiots, these fools, try to figure out how they can manipulate it for their own good, for their own gain. And we as the American citizens just sit there with our freaking mouth open, shocked, dismayed, saying, how in the hell did it get this bad? We weren't paying attention. Simple as that. Time to tighten it up now. It's time to tighten it up. And there's a lot of freedoms that we could lose if we're not paying attention. I am a firm believer that every day we need to get up, thank the Lord, for number one, we're breathing. Number two, the blessings that we have. And a part of that blessing is the freedom that we have in this country that we, as American citizens, can enjoy that freedom on an everyday basis while there are millions and billions of other individuals in the world that don't have the freedoms that we have. And here are a group of individuals in our country sticking their middle finger out at our freedoms and our blessings. Yep. 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 Sure are. Um, we're in the Christmas uh, season now. So tis the season to start getting foolish. So if you're out and about, situational awareness, very important. Uh, be prepared where you're going. Make sure you're looking around. If you're carrying, make sure you carry in your exact spot. Don't be changing the weapon around in different locations because it looks cute. Because when it goes down, you won't know where to go. And make sure you know how to deal with your weapon. Have a plan. You're with the family. What do they do? Where do they go? Okay? Concealment versus cover. Learn these things. Learn these things because these are the days that we're in now. Unfortunately. And, and an alert should go off. An alarm. Nice and loud. An alarm should go off when you start seeing police officers assassinated for doing their jobs by unknown individuals over and over and over again. Well, guess what? Eventually, it's going to be us. So, keep your eye on the ball and make sure you're training. And when you're not busy, train. And when you have some free time, train again. And when you're finished training, train. That's all I can tell you. So, I'm ready. If you're ready, I'm looking forward to our guest, Mike DeCopi. He's going to come on here. Not only tell us why he started the social platform he did, which is uh, hilarious and uplifting, but why he's involved in all these other nonprofits, what they mean, and how you can join his ranks in helping him out in those efforts. So without any further ado, let's bring on our guest, Mike DeCop.
Here's our guest, Mike the Cop, and I'm, we're very happy, of course, to have him on the show. Mike, thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, one of the first things that we do on this show on El Police Radio is we have this little routine that we do called the Fantastic Five. Five rapid questions. I'm going to shoot at you. And whatever comes, yeah, off, the top of your, yeah, whatever comes off the top of your head, and, you know, we'll, we'll just play, play by ear, as they say. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, here we go. Question number one. Favorite comedian? Oh, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Favorite movie? Uh, Pulp Fiction. What? Really? Wow, that's <laughs> a little bit of an opposite. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Um, my co-host's favorite question: If you could fight any animal in the world, what animal would it be? Uh, probably a gerbil. So I'd be guaranteed to win. <laughs> so many gerbil jokes pop into somebody's head. Okay, well, we'll keep on going. We'll keep on going. It's a family show. Yeah, people. People are going to question why I, I said gerbil right off the top of my head. I don't. I don't even know. I probably need to see somebody after this. Well. You know how it works. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Uh, Taxi! Question number three. No, no, question number four. Favorite sports team? Oh, my goodness. Uh, All-time Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Last question. Should be an easy one. It's not very difficult. Favorite teacher when you were in grammar school? I made you think. Favorite teacher when I was in grammar school? Oh, I think her name was Mrs. Shire. Um, I'm almost positive. What subject? Well, uh, it was, I think it's like fourth grade-ish. So okay. she taught, you know, several subjects or whatever. So that was, she would have been sort of like an overall uh, all teacher or whatever. And she was pretty cool. Okay. And so we threw you for a little loop. You, you successfully passed, of course, the Fantastic Five quick-witted i like this i like this i'm gonna i'm gonna do that on my podcast with my co-host i think it's a uh, fun little it's intro a, game yeah it's a it's a fun i uh, fun little game now gerbil well you know in police work <laughs> you know how it is you make one mistake and you never live it down yeah you, yeah it's gonna stick with you forever it's gonna give you a nickname yeah oh boy is it gonna give you a nickname mike uh, can... for our audience could you introduce yourself a little bit to them I'm Mike. I'm a cop. Um, I've been in police work since 2009. I uh, went into the police academy, I think, in uh, July of 2009. And that's, that's me. I cruised along as a cop for a while and then decided uh, that I wanted to participate in sort of giving back to that community. Uh, the law enforcement community has been really good to me and for me. And I wanted to do something to give back to that community and also to help work at the, you know, the bettering the perception that sometimes exists in a negative light in mainstream and social media. And so that led to working with groups like Humanizing the Badge and, and going ahead and being willing to sort of like label this thing that I do uh, out there as Mike the Cop and have sort of like that brand attachment to it. And that's what I spend my spare time doing. Now, there's a lot of listeners that, know you uh, very humorously on social media as Mike the Cop. 
So I, I know that one question that everybody has is, have you always been a comedian? <laughs> I don't even know that I, I would consider myself a comedian. I just, I honestly just be myself. I don't really try to do something that's funny or try to do something that's serious. It's like, if it's one or the other, it is what it is for me. And I just go for it. I, I, I really hope that whatever I do, I'm, I'm just being myself. So if people find it funny, I mean, if people say that, that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, somebody can get a chuckle out of me being an idiot. And hopefully there's other times when people like, you know, also be like, man, you really made me think about something. And, you know, if that helps too, then awesome. Well, uh, of course, everybody, you know, they are getting the humor aspect and the funny aspect. And when I was in law enforcement, I started back in the late 80s. Um, it, you, you spent your day... Uh, because of all the things that you saw that were so negative with the humor and that got you yeah. through the day. And so if some, one of your fellow officers made a mistake, that was it. You would write that joke forever in a day until it got worn out after a while. So I think a lot of officers can appreciate your humor because sometimes that's what they need. They need to have a good laugh during their day. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge, uh, you know, pressure relief. It's just one of those things, uh, getting around the water cooler, so to speak. And, and I don't know, we always call it choir practice <laughs> where <laughs> on sun, Sunday mornings, it's kind of like the, the midnight shift wraps up and, you know, all sits around, has a beer together and kind of, you know, decompresses. And, and it, that's, you know, a lot of the problems with, with cops is that, um, we, we tend to hold on to things. So when we do get to go out and, and this, talk about the experiences that we've had with people who understand it. It's a, it's a huge help. So I, I, that's one of the greatest compliments I can ever get about the work that I'm doing is, Hey, we laugh at this, you know, at roll call or at the end. And it really just helps blow off steam during a stressful day. So that's, I think that's a huge, huge thing. Most, most agreeable. Uh, Mike, how, how did you get the idea to even come up with the concept of social, social media? Um, actually I, had been involved in writing online like a blog and that seemed to be a common thing and I had you know started a website and was working with Humanizing the Badge and we were putting out basically just written content um, and sharing it on Facebook and then some guys from work showed me a video of this guy Officer Daniels and he was on a platform called Vine which was like six and a half second short videos and the guy was cracking me up and he's in a cop uniform. I couldn't believe that it was a cop. Uh, it turned out he, he definitely, you know, was a real cop. And uh, when he reached out and we started talking, I, I was surprised because I, I had always just assumed, like most cops do, like, how do you get away with this? You know, how does your department let you do this? You know, so I learned a lot from him. And uh, I was like, man, A, he's using humor, which is awesome. And B, he's using social media. And we can't be afraid of that. And, it, you know, a lot of the police departments and officers are, are deathly afraid of social media. But yet it's like this huge area in culture where if you're not in there, you're, you're missing a whole new segment of the population. Like you're, you're not reaching junior high kids or, or high school kids or, or even college kids unless, uh, as law enforcement, we're engaging on social media. So we're losing that battle for perception and future if we're not there. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I remember as a kid, my uh, dad would say, stop watching that boob tube. 
which was referring to television. Right. And, uh, <laughs> social media has replaced television. My grandkids don't even look at TV. You know, I tell them, look, turn on, here's the on button, put it on, look at it. They won't even do that. They stuck inside their phones. So you're absolutely right. You have to communicate with that segment. Was your agency supportive? Uh, yeah, they were. Um, I, like I said, I was already working with the Humanizing the Badge like project. So they were familiar with some of like the nonprofit type stuff that I was doing. And so they, when I said, hey, I'm going to kind of expand this with this Mike the Cop thing and do some videos and see how it goes, um, I approached my administration before I ever did it and got there okay. And I, you know, I went through the, the policy with sort of like the fine tooth comb. And I was like, all right, if I follow these, you know, guidelines, then I have their permission and I'm going to follow the policy. We should be good. And, you know, I definitely push the envelope, especially with some of the topics or phrases or things that I'll say, <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, but at this point, I think both from an administrative perspective, like broadly, they've seen, they've seen the benefits of it and, and how it's helped, you know, uh, in, in that perception and reaching the goals that we have. And so it's kind of like not a, not a free pass, but there's a lot of trust that's been built up there. So I've never really had an issue, but you know, I always tell guys, make sure you, you ask that ahead of time because you don't want to end up jamming yourself up, obviously. Most most definitely. You don't want to piss off the bosses or step on their toes. And I'm glad they are supportive. I think they looked at the bigger picture. And uh, let's take a look at the humanizing the badge. Where did that idea come from? How did you get um, associated with that organization? And what's the purpose of it? Um, well, the purpose is to obviously forge relationships between communities and law enforcement that, that are stronger and better. Um, and, and the name sort of says it all, right? We just, we want to be able to connect with people on a level that has, says like, Hey, we're people just like you, like people forget that, right? That cops coach little league and they have kids that go to school and, and the same schools <laughs> that the people they serve go through. Like, we're just, we're just people with a job. Like we're not like, uh, you know, this special cast in society that is disconnected from the rest of, of the world. It's, it's not like that at all. Um, so that it came, uh, from, connecting with uh, a lady, Elizabeth Ogden, who had wrote, uh, written a piece online called Dear Officer, I See You, and that kind of like, sort of like uh, went viral or, or however you would say it these days. And I reached out to her and wanted to share that, and that just uh, developed a relationship between uh, her and I as far as collaborating on, on work stuff. And that, you know, she had come up with this idea and concept and name of Humanizing the Badge. And I came along and said, man, I, I love the concept, if I could help that. I'd love to do it, and that's where you know she and I really uh, pushed out and started the, you know pushing out that content, and then that led to doing community service projects that we call Project Human in all kinds of different cities, and it led to us bringing in um, a mental health uh, counselor, uh, a police chaplain, uh, because what people started reaching out to us most for was actually like peer support, like hey, I I, I was in a shooting, I don't know how to deal with this, can you help? Um, or my husband hasn't talked to me in three weeks. I know something happened at work, but I don't even know what. I don't know how to deal with this. So we started dealing with people reaching out to us, and that seemed to be the need that emerged. And so that became, for our first couple of years, that was pretty much all we were doing is just uh, helping people 
um, and doing it for free. And that's what we continue to do today is offer like 24 seven support. Um, and if we can't help you just by just talking it through, then we, we can refer you to somebody that, that can and, and do it, you know, more, more, uh, seriously long-term or something like that. So we, we have a real heart for, for wanting to help people in those, those unique stresses. And, um, even today, as we speak, our, uh, our head of the, the chaplain side of things, he's out at Fort Meade doing, uh, something we're calling the call for backup campaign for uh, suicide prevention in law enforcement. So we're, uh, we're out there trying to make it happen. Yeah. And, and I, my hat goes off. It, it is a need. There is a huge segment in law enforcement that, as you know, Mike, uh, it's a very close-knit society. You only have cop friends. You only speak to cops. Uh, the only people that visit your house are cops. You're the ones that call your house are cops. And so you don't want to show and demonstrate weakness. And, of course, the suicide levels, uh, although a little lower than they used to be, uh, was, I was very much in, involved in that in my agency still alarming, about 125 to 150 uh, officers a year. That's, uh, you know, one is way too many. So if you guys yeah. are out there doing that, more power to you. I, I, really, I really say that. Yeah, I would, love to, I would love to put a dent in that number. Um, even if it's just one, then it's been worth our time. So. Yes, most definitely. Now, Humanizing the Badge is a nonprofit, correct? Correct. And we're going to be posting on our website, lpoliceradio.com, humanizing the badge. So, um, you can go to it and, and of course, uh, help out, volunteer, or whatever, or donate. I, I guess you guys also take donations, correct? Yep, there's a spot to just do straight-up donations where, you know, people can get the, the tax-deductible tax statement, you know, sent to them. We have a store as well that helps offset some of our costs of what we do, and, uh, and people can can buy anything, obviously, in there, and that helps us uh, be able to continue the work that we do as well. Yeah, and it's very important work too, Mike. I was also uh, looking at the website, and I discovered the two two seven project. Yes, so tell us a little bit about that. Uh, that that was around as a as an independent uh, project um, that was started by our chaplain, um, my, who who is my father. And the, the 227 project comes from my brother's badge number who was killed in the line of duty in 2010. And so his, his passion is to strengthen the spirit of the law enforcement community. And like, like me, he just wants to get back into the community. So he had the 227 project going on, a lot of training locally here in Michigan. And then that kind of like merged with uh, HTV. And, and now we've, we've gone to places like Orlando after the Pulse nightclub shooting, uh, Dallas, and, and we put on these, you know, free workshops for stress and all that stuff. Just whatever is encouraging to people and to strengthen, strengthen them, build them up. And uh, so that all of our sort of like mental health and uh, peer support stuff runs, you know, with that in mind, like the 227 Project. Specifically, we, we typically will only use that name when we're doing it in Michigan where our coursework is approved, you know, by the law enforcement commission for like continuing credits and stuff like that. But that's the, that's the name that we, we use and that that's where the call for backup campaign is coming from too. Very powerful. My condolences. I, I heard the testimony this morning. I went to the page two, two, seven project and mm -hmm. 
I hit the little button and, and, and I listened to the recording. It was phenomenal. It, it took me back because it was real. It was genuine. So now yeah. that you, you told me the story, it, it really hit me. It really hit me. So we'll link uh, the 227 Project on our website as well. Mike, I know you're doing a lot. Um, you're bouncing around. You're helping out. You're, you're humanizing the badge, the 227 Project. Mike the Cop has its own page as well. You've recently went to Las Vegas to assist yeah. there and, and get some funds going. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we, uh, crazy enough, it seems like this happens a lot to us where uh, we had a project in Detroit, and then the, the day everyone arrived here, uh, we had officers shot in the line of duty that night. And this seems to happen a lot where we're going. And, I, you know, maybe that's not, uh, not by any coincidence, but we were planning, myself and Officer Daniels, to be out in Las Vegas for an unrelated uh, endeavor we have going on together. And when we, we booked the trip and then two days later, we woke up to obviously the news that that shooting had happened out of the Mandalay Bay. And so then we thought, well, can we kind of like tack on a day of, of being able to do something? And, and the, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Wives really brought this whole thing together. And uh, they're the, the genesis of Police Wives of America. And they were just out, out there giving food and water and, and meeting the immediate needs of all of the first responders, police, fire, EMS, that were still, like when we went, it had been a week, week and a half since then, and everything was still blocked off. There were still guys stationed 24-7 blocking off the scene, and, you know, they're just standing there for their whole shift, and they were bringing waters, food, and, you know, trying to take care of these guys. So we got to go in and, and just just meet up with uh, some of these, I, I, call, I would call them heroes that uh, – dealt with that situation and, you know, just hopefully encourage them, you know, and then we ended up doing a fundraiser for the police wives of America to help with their efforts and stuff like that. I ate, I ate some like super hot chocolate bar to do that. And I danced on the strip. It was crazy. I do stupid things <laughs> for, <laughs> I, for money. <laughs> I, I, I saw it. I saw it. And, and, and the hot chocolate and just the look on your face and the other officers faces, I would never even try it ever. <laughs> <laughs> I had these new bars that just came in from somebody uh, that they saw that challenge. So they said, well, you got to do this challenge. And it's a half pound chocolate bar with Carolina Reapers and scorpion peppers crushed up in it. But the, the world record is like six, six minutes and 49 seconds. They eat the whole half bar of chocolate. So you got to go through the whole thing. So I'm, I'm finding a firefighter that's willing to see if he can take the heat and do like police first fire. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's out there going to take the challenge. Uh, Mike, you also got a podcast, don't you? I do, yeah. We've been doing that for a couple of months. Okay. And um, what's basic, uh, your basic theme? Uh, we, call it off, we, we call it Off the Cuff, and it's my buddy Dave and I who go back and probably 12 or 13 years now, and what we really wanted to do with it was was on my YouTube channel, I typically will address common themes that non-cops want to hear about, like how do cops catch speeders or, you know, why do the cops yell all the time or, you know, really super basic common questions that cops wouldn't think that people want to know about, but they definitely do. And, uh, but beyond that, I really wanted to, to start moving toward uh, a show idea where 
it is cops talking about literally just about anything. And that's where off the cuff came in to where if you really want to get an insight into just, you know, how we think or, or what we laugh about or whatever else, then this is a great podcast to listen to. We would, we would want this podcast to be something that cop or not people find engaging, interesting, funny, whatever. So we, we literally do off the cuff with minimal preparation. We kind of have like a rough topic idea and then we kind of just go into the studio and off we go. <laughs> Shoot from the hip. I've seen the, exactly. I've seen it. It's very. It is very funny. It really is, and and entertaining as well. And 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 I'm um, really have to say this for the civilian world, they're getting a better idea of an officer is really a human being, and and I think that that's the foundation of your story. I, I, you kind of cut out on that one. Can you repeat that? I, I, I'm looking at your podcast. I've kind of noticed that the theme. Uh, is not only funny, but it's also giving the civilian world an idea of how officers think and that they oh, are yeah. human as well. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. If that's how uh, how you received it. That's that's great. And uh, yeah, I mean, we have fun with it. It's a way for us to blow off steam. Like I really look forward to when we record them because we usually do two at a time. So we sit back and grab our bourbon and just sit there for a couple hours and laugh and it's just laugh together, you know? And, uh, and we, I mean, we need to get better at it, but we're just taxed, you know, just having fun, but we're, uh, we're trying to, you know, get better equipment as we can and keep doing, keep doing it, uh, just that much better each time. Well, the struggle is real and, and, and it's not easy. All the things that you have going, you have a lot on your plate and a lot of it is uh, service to the community and especially the law enforcement community, and we congratulate you for doing what you're doing. And uh, you, you inspire many, many people out there. I want you to know that. From an old I guy, appreciate that. From an old guy sitting in Miami and now in Tampa Bay, retired, I've been watching very carefully how you've meticulously put all this together, and you've inspired. You're, you're very inspiring in that message, so I encourage you to keep on. I appreciate that, and I, I come down to Tampa fairly regularly, so we'll have to we'll have to give get lunch together. Sure. Well, I, like I tell everybody, mi casa, your casa. You know, we do. There you go. Same thing in the same uh, line of the business. So, mi casa, your casa. Mike, what, what's the future look like for you? Oh man, uh, the future looks like I, I would I would love to to do more speaking and events, and we're working on some you know, law enforcement themed things like coffee company and, and beef jerky and, uh, energy and different, different things like that. I'd like to, I'd like to be able to, uh, secure some business stuff in the future for my family. And, and that's it. And just, you know, cause police pensions don't, don't do that much. <laughs> so yeah. Trying to try to, you know, do what I can do to provide for my family. And, and I just want to continue to see the work that we're doing growing. I, I feel like, I'm not, I'm not under the illusion that social media attention is some long-lasting thing. People will get bored with me and move on to the next shiny trinket. I don't. It, that's okay. I just hope that if we can, for while while the the time that we have, that people are paying attention to what we're doing, can inspire you know ten more of me 
in the future to keep doing what, you know, I'm doing in their own way. And, you know, to know that, you know, when it's all said and done, that I was able to do something to, to inspire people to, to take action and, and fight the good fight as far as, uh, all what we're doing with law enforcement perceptions and, and I'll be happy. And you are fighting a good fight. I thank you for coming on the show, Mike. Uh, we will link all these websites and all this information that you've shared with us on our website. Our doors are always open to you guys whenever you want to come on and talk about a new venture or something. Um, feel free, always. Awesome. Yeah, well, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely hit you up when I get, get to Tampa next time. Thanks, thanks for coming on, Mike. All right, I appreciate it. Truly enjoyed that conversation with Mike DeComp and everything that uh, he has going on. I, I knew that it was be it would be an enjoyable interview, and uh, I learned a lot. I, I always say, you know, you you always have time for knowledge, expand your horizon, listen, and um, I heard a lot of wonderful things. And as I said earlier in the interview. We're going to be linking all those websites onto our page, lpoliceradio.com, so you can go ahead and, and follow the storyline as well. Um, in today's society, you need good news, and I'm glad that we had him on as a guest and we received the good news. We have an, a lot of upcoming shows, the 23rd of November. I know you can put down the turkey down for, for at least an hour and listen to El Police Radio. We're going to kick off our segment, You're Done, and we've spoken about it before. It is life after law enforcement. Uh, when you were there, you were working, wearing uniform, doing the daily chores, fighting with the gun belt. It seemed to to you that the gun belt was getting smaller and more difficult to put on and going about your daily routine. Now, all of a sudden, you're retired. You're out of the game. You're not there anymore. And there's a transformation that occurs. We're going to look at the emotional, psychological, and how to get through that error um, in retirement, how to refocus. A lot of guys that did it for a lot of years can't refocus. So we're going to look at that, some statistical gathering things that we've discovered, and um, I, I encourage you to listen. How do you connect to El Police Radio? Well, it's simple. Let's start off with Google. You punch in El Police Radio, and we pop up. Once we pop up, you go straight to our website, Twitter, Facebook, whatever pops up over there, and you... Join the ranks. Become partner with us, and we'll take this journey together. Every Thursday, there's always a new show. We encourage you to listen every Thursday. Now, uh, before we get into the conversation, I want to talk about something that I recently heard in the media. Our uh, friends on the left, never to give up a, a good, horrid story. Of course, uh, you have massacres out there, and 
recently there was a Texas shooting in a church. So our, our libs, our, our democratic left uh, wing, our communist party has now uh, pla uh, placed legislation on the floor to take away your and my uh, rifle. So let's see how that works out for them. Um, I think it's going to be a rude awakening when it's election time. But nevertheless, um, they're taking this opportunity. You know what's funny to me? How a Democrat, a leftist, almost. I mean, they're so left-wing, they lost themselves. Get up on the podium, start talking, rambling about how guns kill people. Never seen that. I've seen people kill people, not guns kill people. And then after they've finished their speech of how awful guns are and they should be banned and taken away and all that, they're being protected by people that are armed. So this is amazing. And again, it's a plot. You know, another thing that amazes me, and I want to take two seconds to say this one, is how our liberal friends want to take your weapon and my weapon away, but they arm Iran, an enemy of this country, with nuclear capability. Amazing. You know what? I, I think it's time for a musical pause. I, I can't. We'll be right back, folks. Someday When I'm awfully low When the world is cold I will feel a glow Just thinking of you And the way you look Tonight I want to thank Frank for bringing me back so I'm back. I had a little moment, that's all. And now I'm back. It's always good to take a little pause and take a little musical break. Music is energy to the soul. Keeps you going. Now let's, it's that time in the, in the show where we sit back and we have the conversation. We heard um, that Mike is dedicated to uh, nonprofit helping out uh, individuals that are going through times of pain. And, of course, it's a difficult time for them, especially family of law enforcement. And I've always said, place your trials on he that is most notable, most faithful, and never has failed, that can take your, your suffering and your anxiety and turn it in from a bad to a good, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people out there that are going through their daily rut, and and sometimes they're hiding a lot of things because they don't know where to turn, and we discussed that in the conversation of the interview, and they're, they, they, they need to turn to somebody. Well, you can always turn to man and somebody, a friend, or something that can help you out. We... We know that all vessels are, are done because the Lord provides them, but there's nothing like turning to the man himself and placing those burdens on him. I just want to read one little verse, and I want you to let this one sink in, and we'll end the show with this. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert.
as it sinks in. I'll see you next podcast. I'm out.